An old school Big Ten victory for Michigan State. Gritty, ugly, but is it enough to have us feeling good about the Spartans as we move forward into February? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions. You got that right. They apply. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for kicking off your day with us here at Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week. Now, I say kick off your day. However, we are doing a live show right now on YouTube in the wee hours of Saturday night. So if you're ending the day with us here, thanks a lot, guys. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Please rate, review, subscribe, comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Or, hey, if you're listening on podcasts, smash that five-star button and really just do whatever makes you happy today, tonight. Uh, Come on, because we're celebrating here. So there's no reason for us to not just be happy as we... Uh, tail off into the rest of the week, and let's get into the show here because Michigan State, nice little 63-54 to victory over that lockdown defense that Maryland has. Um, we're going to get into, you know, the ugliness of the game, of course, but hey, it's a victory show. We're going to keep the vibes high right now. Um, no one, no one summed up this game better than good old Tom Izzo. He said, quote, I don't care if you're a coach, a player, a 97-year-old mother, you couldn't go through that game without being tired. It was a slugfest, not for the faint of heart. And man, oh man, uh, hey, the, the Breslin energy was rocking early on. Uh, I could feel it through the television. Maybe if you were there, you could feel it early on. But, oh boy, <laughs> halfway through that second half, all that energy kind of went out of the building, and for good reason. Uh, Michigan State had just 11 points in the first 14-ish minutes of that second half, and those cheers, those screams turned into murmurs in the second half. It it was a little scary. Um, however, Michigan State, in the last 6 minutes and 12 seconds of that game, scored 20 points. 11 11 points in the first 14 minutes, but yes, in the last 6 minutes and 12 seconds, 20 points. Now, this is from Andy HRCMB, as he's known on YouTube. Uh, You can find him on Twitter as well. He pointed out that once Maryland took the one-point lead in the second half, Michigan State scored on its next 10 possessions. That's called closing time, boys and girls. And Michigan State, kind of like they did when they were on the road at College Park against Maryland, and the Terrapins took a late lead there. They said, all right, fine, we'll, we'll play big boy basketball. We're going to show the nation that, yes, we are the better team, and we'll, we'll just get rid of you over there, Maryland. And that's kind of what they did. Uh, we're going to start pointing out some individual guys. And on that point of a strong finish that Michigan State did have, let's pull out Malik Hall right now, who did finish with 19 points, 7 rebounds. Of those 19 points, 10 of them came in the last 6 minutes and 12 seconds. He had half of Michigan State's points down that stretch when it was truly closing time. Uh, And, guys, I know we've talked a lot about Malik Hall. We've talked a lot about him here on this show. It's not just the conversation amongst your Michigan State friends and family. No, of course we talk about Malik Hall a lot on this show. But this time, it's not even like hard to shoehorn him into the conversation. He was the guy that showed up late in the game, whether it was in the post, on the free throw line, 
despite those you know back-to-back misses that ultimately turned into points for Michigan State, but also that three-pointer too. But let's just talk about the last few games he's had because I think the game that people still talk most about, and not everyone, but you know the vocal minority that does not like Malik Hall, they point out the Northwestern game. Of course, infamously, 26 minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists. Ever since that game, in the seven games since that zero burger at Northwestern, he's averaging 14 points and six rebounds. He has a three-pointer in five of those seven games. And no, he's not jacking it up a ton. This isn't prime Cassius Winston or prime Matt McQuaid or prime Bryn Forbes at work. But he is shooting 5 of 10. It's a guy that can give you a 3 a game. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but tell me if today's 3-pointer wasn't very important in this one. Also, as a whole, 54% from the floor in the last 7 games. So, no, he's not just scoring in double figures just because he's shooting at a high volume. No, he's doing it efficiently. He's doing it at an above 50% clip. And as we've said up and down the last few weeks, and probably even months now to this point on this show, he is your best scoring option down low on that low block. So just want to give another hat tip to Malik Hall there. He was not the only guy that scored 19 points. Tyson Walker, he drained 19 points too. He's uh, shot 50% actually for the first time in four games. And this is something that we talked about earlier in the week as huh, is is there concern with Tyson Walker? Is there something bothering him? We had Peach on. We hypothesized that something could be a little wonky. We saw it in some situations in the Michigan game when he was switched on to a center, and usually early in the season or early in his career, that was feast time for Tyson Walker, and it still didn't really seem to gel together. And Tom Izzo also said it too after he recorded that show, which I'm sure he listens to Lockdown Spartans. I'm sure that wasn't a coincidence, and he knew that that's what we were talking about. But on a serious note, he did mention that Tyson Walker does have a nagging groin injury, but not something that's going to keep him out of games or practice, which I'm not a doctor, not a Hall of Fame head coach, but I'm wondering, huh, if my star player has a groin injury that seems to be hampering his play, do you want to sit him for a little bit? If he had a real rough outing again against Maryland, I think that conversation starts to kind of blow up, but uh, with 19 points and, again, over 50% shooting, hit a few three-pointers too, that's going to quiet a lot of the worries. So uh, thank you, Tyson, for letting us go to sleep comfortably tonight and not worry about that. A.J. Hogard, uh, look, not, not his flashiest game, six points, three turnovers, but, but eight assists. So not all bad from your senior point guard. Uh, of course, you know, he had some of the biggest points late in the game on that steal and score. Michigan State as a whole, just four fast break points, and that was two of them. So A.J. Hogard, yeah, kind of an eh game, but you know, showed up when it counted. I think it's safe to say that. So Michigan State, again, we're going to reemphasize this because this was the story of the game, the end of the game, the last six minutes or even ten minutes, too, if you want to go to the boards because when it came to rebounding, Things were not looking too great for Michigan State throughout this game. Uh, Maryland as a whole, they grabbed 10 offensive rebounds. But the game concluded with Michigan State winning the rebounding battle 33-25. to And yes, if you were like me, you were banging your head against the drywall at home wondering how many offensive rebounds will Maryland get? When are we ever going to grab a rebound ourselves on the defensive end? And it drove us up a wall. But let's put on some Maryland Terrapin shoes right now and see how the game was through their eyes because in the end, 
wasn't just Maryland getting double-digit offensive rebounds. Michigan State did it, too. They grabbed 11 offensive rebounds. And I'm sure some of this had to do with the no-show of Julian Reese. And, guys, I, I'm not going to claim to have, like, this long Rolodex of games from opponents that have been incredibly weird against Michigan State, but, my God, that's one of the stranger games <laughs> that you will see from an opposing player that Julian Reese gave us. Julian Reese, he had the uh, Gavin Schilling honorary uh, two fouls before the under-16 timeout even rolls around. Okay, Kevin Willard, he's feeling spicy. He's going to put him back in with two fouls. Probably said, hey, you know what? Play a little cleaner than you have so far this game. And immediately within 30 seconds, I feel like, got his third foul of that first half. Okay, you see the bench the rest of the half. Then, guys, as we saw in the fourth quarter... As Robbie Hummel's talking about it, you're like, well, he, he can't get foul number four here. This would be real troublesome if he got foul number four. 18 seconds into the second half, he gets his fourth foul. Like, he essentially did not play this game. Yes, I think he played 14 minutes in the end, but it was largely meaningless down the stretch. If I didn't know any better, and if I was really feeling myself right now, um, I, I would just assume that Julian Reese was on the take from the mob because that that behavior on the court of just fouling immediately was something you do when um you got some debts that you got to pay I, that was just a strange am i serious about that no of course not not really that was but that was just the strangest game but hey Michigan State, they benefited from it because that's one of their top post players and Michigan State was able to get an eight-rebound positive margin here. Um, also, too, we just want to throw this in. Seven steals uh, against Maryland. They forced Maryland into 13 turnovers. We will still talk about this game, how ugly it was, how it really doesn't matter, and how we can look into the future, maybe with optimism. I don't know. It depends how you voted in the Twitter poll. But first, you need to talk your ears off about LinkedIn. In jobs, the best place to find a job if you are a small business owner. Because when you're hired for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and, my favorite part, guys, for free. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals. I'll say that again, a billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to the professionals that you can't find anywhere else. LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time to resource that hire. So just trust LinkedIn jobs. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. So just go ahead and add yourself to that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that's LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions you got that right buckaroo they apply and just want to thank everyone again for making locked on spartans part of their daily routine here or again if you're watching on youtube at night let's let's throw down on a saturday night come on now it's a it's a spartan victory saturday we're all having a good time that was ugly though <laughs> that 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 was um that was ugly. We will not ignore that. The first few minutes were fun when Michigan State's up at like a nine-point lead almost immediately to start the game. And then the last six minutes were fun. But in between all that, oh my goodness gracious. Look, it was an ugly game, but not one that I'm concerned about, quite frankly. Uh, Maryland, 
not only are they experienced, not only do they have a lot of upperclassmen on the team, guys that we've seen for seemingly the seventh year in a row, guys like Dante Scott, I mean, uh, the guy that we just talked about last segment, uh, Reese, they, they are a very good team, and they are a top ten adjusted defensive efficiency team in the nation. So, yes, it, it, it looked bad. Michigan State was forced into a lot of late shot clocks. But that's just a really sound Maryland team, so I'm not going to go to bed tonight thinking like, oh my, <sighs> how do we struggle offensively against them? Like, No, that's the game that we predicted. If you listen to the show on Friday, we said it's going to be a race to 60, first team to 60 wins, an old school Big Ten basketball game. Really kind of reminds you of those mid-2000s Michigan State versus Wisconsin games. I know I'm kind of dating myself there, but man, those were those were football games on a basketball court, and that's kind of what it felt like today. You also shook off poor free throw shooting, and not just that from Michigan State's end, but a perfect 13 of 13 from Maryland. And my God, I feel like it's the 16th time this year where another team didn't miss a free throw. But hey, you staved that off. It did not matter in the end, and also. What you did stave off is something that we also talked about in the preview show is that Maryland, what are they going to do to you on defense? They're going to force the mid-range jumper. When Michigan State played at College Park last time, 19, 19 mid-range jumpers Michigan State was forced in. Tonight, 23 mid-range jumpers. Michigan State, though, they did okay. wasn't above 50%, but they did okay. They shot 11 of 23 from the mid-range. So, yes... You kind of played in Maryland's hand, and that happens because they're incredibly good at protecting the rim and also to the three-point. Like They're just good all around a defense, but that is their game plan. Squeeze you in from the outside, squeeze you away from the rim. And that's what they did, and luckily it didn't bite Michigan State. So what does this all mean? I got to say, there is something else from this game that I just wanted to point out and comment on. Um, the bracketology they threw up there with Michigan State right now being an 11 seed. Now, I get it. Bracketology is hard. Uh, it's very time-consuming. you got to focus on so many different teams, not just in your conference, not just Power 6, but elsewhere, too. There's a lot of bid stealers out there this year. In no world is Michigan State an 11 seed, though, right now. I get, Look, I get that it's not the season us Spartan fans wanted, right, guys? I think we can all agree on that. But whether it's the school of thought that if the season stopped right now, where would you be seated? Or the school of thought of, hey, where are you going to be based on how the next few weeks are going to go? So whether it's a right now look or an in the future look, in neither of those worlds is Michigan State an 11 seed. And no, that's not just me, blind Homer, Matt, talking about, hey, I like our Spartans a lot. We should be higher seed. Now, quite frankly, right now, and this is going to sound insane, um, I would rather have an 11 seed right now than where Michigan State is probably at. Because right now, our Spartans are probably at an 8 or a 9 seed. Sure, that's a fun game, whatever. I don't want to run into a buzzsaw of a 1 seed because, uh, hey, this is a fun little streak that we're on. Michigan State, they just won their ninth home game in a row. Woohoo, we're all having a good time. Um, I don't see Michigan State beating or even coming close to beating any 1 seed. So, if you can get the 11 seed play the six seed first, and then in the second game, you play a three seed instead of a two seed or a one seed? Like, yeah. I mean, I could spiral about this out of control as we get closer to tournament time, but yeah, I just... That was interesting to see that Michigan State is an 11 seed, according to Fox's bracketologist. It might, 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 might be worth your time and money to hire. 
a new one of those. I just, that's just me, though. Not, not to spend other people's money. All right, so how does this game make the fan base feel? Because it's nice to be warm and fuzzy. Again, we'll say it again. Ninth straight home win. This is a run that Michigan State's on. Save the Nebraska, or not the, the Nebraska game. Get my red and white teams mixed up. Save the Wisconsin game that you can feel good about. They've won five of their last six. Things are going okay here. So I threw it out to Twitter. Nine regular season games left. How are we feeling, Spartan fans? And I only kept the poll open for a few hours. I wanted the results to be in for this show. And I gave the option of great. Pretty good, I guess. Meh. And on to football season. 823 of you voted, and with 55% of the vote, pretty good, I guess, was the majority. Matt was in second place with 32, uh, 33.2. Great was 8.6. And then last place, 2.7% of you said on to football season. And I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. I'm going to give both sides of the aisle reason to feel good about their vote or good to feel reasons to feel good about the season or not so good about the season. Now, reasons to feel great is that, guys, the computers love you. And I know that sounds silly. Basketball is not played on a computer, you silly goose, you might be saying. But really, if you look at the last few decades of national championships, they all have something in common. They're top 25 in offense and top 20 in defense as far as adjusted efficiency go. And whoa, hey, would you look at that? Michigan State right now after that Maryland game, 22 in offensive adjusted efficiency and then number 15 in defense. So yes, the 14-8 record doesn't look great. But there really is something to having no bad losses and only good losses on your resume. And two, the the metrics are okay. Like, you are a good shooting team. You're one of the best shooting teams from three-point land, effective field goal percentage. So there's reason to believe that Michigan State does have a run in March in them. Of course, we could talk about what we were happy about going into the season. The core of the veterans. The 23-year-olds like Malik Hall is doing pretty good. Tyson Walker, another good game today. A.J. Holgard. Overall this month, or the last few weeks, fine. And then Jaden Akins, who came to life against Michigan. You see the bones of a team that can make a March run. Okay, like, I I get it, guys. And, hey, here's another fun stat. When Michigan State wins, yeah, they really win. Like, they, they, they make it defiant when they win. Michigan State's wins so far this season, 12 of them are by double digits. Two of them are by single digits. And guess who the two wins that are by single digits against? It's Maryland. Okay, the, the Terrapins are just a hard, grimy team to win against, so like, you really can't take too much shame in that. So, yes, there are eight losses. They're against good teams. But when you're winning, you are beating the drums off of teams. And here's a guy we haven't talked about yet. He didn't really have a great game today, but we're not going to you know beat him up too much. Trey Holloman has really been coming along this season. Even in this game, while the box score doesn't say that he had an outstanding performance, you still saw him beat someone off the dribble and take him to the rack. You have not seen that from Trey Holloman in his very young career at Michigan State, but he did it against Michigan. And also, his three-point shooting, we've talked about this a lot, has been not just good, but pretty great so far this season. He leads the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio, so that's your sixth man. Okay, how do you win in March? It's with guard play. You have some strong ones in your veterans, but Trey has been a really surprising factor so far this year. So that is just some reasons of why you can feel good. Now, maybe why you don't want to feel good. 
let's not get it twisted. These are some home games that you are winning. And yes, Michigan State is on this stretch, but it's really not against quad one teams. And when you do face a quad one team like Wisconsin, well, we all saw how that went. They only do have two quad one wins to date. I get it, guys. One of them against Baylor. We'll call it a neutral court all we want. That was a home game for Michigan State. I was there. It felt like we were in Breslin Center. It was awesome, quite frankly. Your other quad one win was actually in Breslin Center against Indiana State, who, yes, the Sycamores are a fun team. They're a great team. They're, I mean, just whether it's eyeball test or on paper, it's a quad one win. But still, that that you, you like how how much stuff can you take in beating a team from the valley? I, like I so yes, hey, the, the tournament committee is going to be impressed by it. Is it a true quad one win? I, quite frankly, I don't think so. But hey, I'm not the one that matters. It's the tournament committee that matters. You just have one road win of note so far. It was against Maryland a few weeks ago, and uh, yeah, so I I get it from all sides, from great to feeling horrible. But right now, where do I feel? Screw it. I'm drinking the green Kool-Aid. I'm, I'm, fe- I'm feeling pretty good right now. I, I am. Maybe I'm a victim because, hey, you see on Torvik.com that you are ranked the 14th best team in the country. You do see that they are top 25 in offense and in defense. And, guys, I know I'm sad like you. This was supposed to be a year where you are competitive in the Big Ten, and I am not happy that for the fourth year in a row, Michigan State is not in the Big Ten chase but you know what? Screw it. Maybe I've just mentally flipped the page already. Maybe that's the bonus of being knocked out of the Big Ten chase so far this season. Is that I can mentally flip the page to March already, and you got the bones right there. Now, if you think we're done talking about basketball, well, you are just completely out of your mind. We will be talking more about this team, this game, the future, and the freshmen here in a quick segment. First, need to talk your ear off about FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Now, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. And, of course, we love the commercials. The game itself is probably going to be very good, but what I love most about the Super Bowl is the wagering involved. Every single year, that's what gets me fired up for the Super Bowl. And, Hey, you know what? Right before the game, this Michigan State game, actually, yeah, I placed a little bit on Michigan State, minus five and a half, but I also put a dollar on Chiefs 31, Niners 26, $1 to pay out $260. You can guess the correct score, and the odds are incredibly long. So just go ahead, peruse the menu of correct scoring options on FanDuel. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, the correct score, but you can bet on who will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. There's no shortage of betting options on FanDuel. New customers, join today, and you will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, let's get back into the mix here because we got to talk about the freshman and not, you know, not just Cohen Carr, uh, not the flashiest game for him, just six minutes, two points, of course, on that dynamite alley-oop in the first half. And before the game uh, on Friday, I keep referencing the show, I'm sorry, but we said, what are we going to watch for? And I said, more Cohen Carr minutes. I got that run. Because as I'm watching this game against Maryland for the second time this year, probably should have known this going in, it it, it became clear to me that this this maybe is not the game for a Cohen Carr. You know, there's not going to be a lot of up and down running in this game. Yes, 
We had that fun highlight in the first half, but by and large, Maryland shuts down the fast break incredibly well. Michigan State just had four fast break points. And Colin Carr, at this point in his career, he can't really create a shot for himself. He tried a little elbow jumper, barely grazed the rim. He's not a three-point threat. He is an athlete that's great for the up-and-down action. This was not the game for Cohen Carr. So, yes, just six minutes. I, we'll, we'll try again the next game. So, we're not going to just be screaming too much about this. Now, you might be screaming at this one because we got to talk Xavier Booker, who logged another game with zero minutes. And this, of course, has been a theme all season. He gets no minutes, and then Tom Izzo will get on the microphone and say, Oh, we're going to get him more minutes. And then he plays like four meaningless minutes the next game, and then zero the following one. And we've ranted about this before on this show. And I think I'm in the minority here. I'm not actually sure because, boy, the people that want to see more Booker are incredibly loud. So I can't tell if it's just the actual majority or a very vocal minority. But we've ranted on this not too long ago. I'll try to do a shorter version this time. But, guys, this isn't the December games against Stony Brook or Southern Indiana or Three Rivers High School. No, this isn't those fun games where you can just work on some things, try odd line. This is winning time. Okay? like th This is when you start playing your best. Yes, you can experiment within reason if the game is a little out of hand. But no, guys. Um, right now, in his career, Xavier Booker is probably not a winning option on the court. And I know that sounds crazy. I know, Hey, he's the McDonald's All-American. He's a five-star, the top ten recruit. What are you talking about? I've seen the sample size. And I get that he can shoot the three-point ball. But that's kind of all he wants to do right now in his career. He has sunk four three-pointers since the calendar has turned to 2024. Okay? To add context to those three-pointers, though, one was a banked-in three-pointer against Michigan. Not sure how highly sustainable that's going to be. And then two other ones came in garbage time, the last five minutes of a game. And I hear you already. Well, Matt, he only plays garbage time, it seems like. O okay, but he's getting those three-pointers off when the defense is just just done playing. <laughs> like, I mean, Take a look at those shots that he's getting. He is wide open on those. You put him into a game when it's still competitive and the other defense has a little bit of tenacity to them, I'm not sure if he's going to be hitting those threes at that clip. And on this season, he's 35%, which is, like, respectable, I guess. But he's not really a post player. He lacks in rebounding right now. Not, not really an art of the box out, uh, I would say. And then the defense is kind of hit or miss. Now, Tom Izzo has also said that he has improved drastically so far in practice. But still, there's a long way to go. And you could check me on this. This is something we've been talking about during the offseason is that we have got to be patient with Xavier Booker. We might not see it happen in his freshman year. Now, I will say, I'm not going to say I'm just holier than thou and I predicted it spot on. Like, no, I thought we would be a little bit further along at this point in his career. But, guys, there's just a lot of holes in the game right now. And I will emphasize this point, too. I'm not calling him a bum. I'm not calling him washed up. I'm not saying that, hey, he should hit the transfer portal immediately and no one would miss him. No, there's a lot of career left for him. The physical traits are there. The shot looks uh, looks smooth. But right now, February is winning time. 
You're going to try to get those top four seeds in the Big Ten tournament. Whether or not that's something else fans care about the Big Ten tournament, that's for us to debate later on. But hey, if you're trying to win, if you're trying to climb up that seed line for March, you got to play your best players in these close games. And guys, I know that he was McDonald's All-American, the five-star recruit, but quite frankly, I think life would be a lot better for us Michigan State fans Maybe even for the Bookers, too. I don't. Who's to say? Maybe just for everyone involved, I think that life would be a lot better if he never shot up from like that ranking in the mid-80s to top five all of a sudden like he did in the summer. Like I think we would all be a lot more patient with this process like we should be if he just never blossomed into a five-star because what we're seeing right now is a, a four-star that is a project. Like that, that's just what he is. So I, I, I get it. It's the brand new shiny toy that is at Michigan State, and I'm very hopeful for his career. And I know that I'm not thrilled with the center position, but here's the other thing, guys. Uh, he he doesn't really doesn't really play that center position. He's more of a stretch four right now, at least in his career, and probably will be throughout his entire career, quite frankly. So that's where I'm just going to leave off with the Xavier Booker thing. Um, I do want to give a nod to hockey, really quick. That's right, I know. We're I, I popped it on you out of nowhere. We are going to give a nod to hockey right now. 4-0 win against Notre Dame on Saturday. Now, Friday, things didn't go their way. But as the Big Ten season comes closer to the finish line, this is looking okay. Michigan State has a five-point lead in the Big Ten title chase over Wisconsin. Wisconsin picked up three points this weekend, an overtime loss against Minnesota, and then a shootout win against Minnesota. So they are up five points against Wisconsin, but Wisconsin still has two games in hand. So there you have it. You get three points for a win. So if, if Michigan State, at the end of the season, has a five-point lead, they lose both their games, and Wisconsin wins both their games, I, that, that's it then. Like that's That's your difference. But still... Feeling pretty comfortable, so to speak, there. Michigan State hockey, though, 18 wins. uh, That matches their record from last year, or I guess their win total from last year is the more official term to say. And also program record, 12 Big Ten wins. So there you have it. Um, Shout out to hockey. That's what I'm talking about. I will end on this mailbag question. This is from Luke. And, guys, uh, we'll be doing a lot of mailbag questions this week, so LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. If you ever want to reach out, oh, this is mean from Luke. <laughs> Long-time listener, love the pod. Thank you, Luke. I love you, man. Really do appreciate that. My question is you need a bucket or you go to jail the rest of your life. What option do you choose? An AJ mid-range jumper or a Mahdi post-up? Neither answer is a good one, but would love to hear your opinion on the show. Thank you and go green. Go white, Luke. <laughs> Jail for the rest of your life, and you need a, an AJ mid-range jumper or a Mahdi post-up. Oh, man. I'm going to go with some hard stats right now. Mahdi against all odds. Like, no no, no one is going to believe this stat, uh, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mahdi is 14 of 29. From things that are considered not at the rim. So, yes, obviously at the rim, like, he's a little over 50%. But those, like, five-footers, the six-footers, if you will, like one that he had today against Maryland that, wow, came up a foot short. When does that ever happen? He's shooting 48% on those. I, I can't believe that's not 18%. It's actually 48%. Whereas AJ from the mid-range, he is 29 of 81 for 35%. I will say... Even after saying those numbers, I'm going to cut against the grain there, and I'm going to put the trust of my freedom of life 
in AJ Hogarth's hand because if I gotta watch Monty Sissoko try a post move one more time, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna flip and lose it, man. Uh, it's it's. I just wish at this point, I don't even care if he makes it anymore. I I, I just want to see Madi miss one of these hook shots. One. <laughs> we, we we've seen him miss 18 inches short. All season, this year, last year, probably the one before that. I just miss differently. Okay, just that's all I'm asking. I'm not too greedy right now. I don't think so. Yeah, that's the stats. I'm, I'm going to fade the stats right there. Uh, all right, here we go. We're just going to d- jump into the uh, YouTube comments here. Doug says, a dub is a dub. We'll take it. Go Green Spartan Nation victory for MSU. Here, here, that's what I'm talking about. Eli Harns. Sorry, Elijah Harnes writes it. Can we talk about how clutch Trey is at defending the fast break? I feel like it always comes up with the steal. Yeah, he like he might as well be on the fast break with the other team because he telegraphs things so well uh, what is going on in front of him. Famously, on Tuesday night against Michigan, sure, it was garbage time, but still, Michigan had a four-on-one fast break. Not an exaggeration, a four-on-one fast break. Trey in the middle of the key just standing there. Reaches his arm out, grabs the ball, goes coast to coast, gives it to AJ. and So that that's what I'm talking about. So, yeah, there we go, guys. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in, especially uh, for all you guys that are watching on the live show right now, Saturday night. Well, now Sunday morning, I guess. Really do appreciate all you guys. Again, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com if you guys have any questions. Let's enjoy the rest of our weekend. Love you all. Go Green.